When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And thank you for joining us for the PHNX Suns post game show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Lindsay Smith We're here with Saul Bookman and Espo. Gerald Bourget will be joining us later on in the show. You guys, we get to celebrate on this Friday evening because the Suns won. They took down the Pistons 108-102. sound surprised. And DeAndre had himself a night. <laughs> the purple I'm pants. I'm trying to bring the energy. The purple pants are 1-0. Let's go. Woo. <laughs> Come on, Saul. Sure, yeah. Pick it up, Saul. I'm still trying to think of Espo trying to go to the beat of the song, but being completely well, out of rhythm. that wasn't the beat. That was it, just it, it completely mind-fucked me before we started. So. <laughs> that was me just pointing randomly. That wasn't to the beat at all. So I know everyone in the chat is already asking about Jock Landale. We will get into that. But first, let's go into our three points. Saul, you want to start us off? Yeah. So uh, the, the first part of my three points is 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 good, but not good. Uh, nine. Nine minutes. Nine. Nine game minutes of action from the two-minute mark of the first quarter to the uh, five-minute mark of the second quarter. That's how long DeAndre Aiden sat on the bench, despite the fact that he was playing great basketball. Uh, we'll get to it in a little bit, but that is shameful. Absolutely shameful. Mine is also nine, surprisingly, but that is nine minutes that Mikel had redeemed himself in the third quarter and contributed 13 points after having a big old goose egg coming into that quarter. Mine is nine as well. <laughs> nice. uh, I was like, damn. For real? <laughs> no, uh, mine is the Suns, the Suns' free throws. They went 17 of 26. We've harped on how important them winning the free throw battle, getting to the line has been. And uh, they won it by 10 free throws because Detroit shot 16. But they don't. They only missed nine of them. I was gonna say, Espo, go. isn't there, that, that nine? Is nine? I'm like, let me make this math in my head right quick. But isn't yeah. that nine? So, like that. That to me is he, unacceptable. He failed the assignment. <laughs> he is halfway there. <laughs> we just had to take the long way around. All right. Well, let's start off with Saul's point of the night and talk a little bit more DeAndre and because Da had a, a great night. Yeah. This is it. This is a. DA appreciation corner for a second. For sure. No, I listen tonight. 
<clears throat> you know, he even said in the post game that he hasn't he didn't start out the season the way he wanted to start it out, and um, he's definitely been making a more concerted effort to play with um, you know more energy and, and really attack the glass more than anything else. And tonight, he looked like he was focused. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was quick with it. Um, energy was high. And I mean, from the jump, he had 10 points in the first quarter and I thought he was on pace to maybe get 30, 40 points tonight. And if it weren't for Monty Williams constantly getting in the way of players that are feeling very good about themselves, I I mean, Jesus, like I know DA has not played very well at all. And I've been harping on that. I mean, for what the last three, four weeks. Um, but tonight is not one of those nights tonight. This is his four straight double double, but this one was different than the other three because this one was like a dominant double double. Yeah, like th- he was the best player on the court tonight, and you can't say that every single night. And Monty's got to be better. He's got to understand, especially as a former player, it just bugs the shit out of me that he would see somebody feeling very good, feeling confident, playing assertive, knowing his role. And still not adjust a little bit. I'm not even saying like he should have played the whole first quarter or anything, but you got to bring him back earlier than the five minute mark left in the second quarter when clearly your team is struggling. So DA showed out. Love him. I love that. The fact that he showed out big time tonight and he deserves, he deserves all the flowers for sure. Yeah, he went 11 of 13 as, a, as our friend of the program. Tom Leander said, that's almost like he made all the shots. So uh, that was a hell of a shooting night for D.A. Came out aggressive. We saw the best dunk of his career tonight. It he was bodied nice. a fool mm, in the air. You don't no, think so? No, I no. thought it was. It, no, he actually dunked on somebody in his in, in the in his first season. Uh, that, was first. Like, that was like six years ago. I don't remember It was shit. still a nice it dunk. It was a nice dunk. He took off bodied a guy dunked it i'll take it because we've been asking for that from him he came up big with that tonight he was aggressive on both ends of the floor got the rebounds i look we we've gotten on da pretty damn hard over the last month but he came out and showed us what we've been asking for show that aggressiveness on both ends of the floor he did it uh emma can we scroll up uh, i think it was jewel in here asked me to do something. Here we go. Joel said he wants me to do this. DeAndre Ayton is a top four center in the NBA. Suck it, Miles Turner. Suck it, DA haters. Suck <laughs> it, Detroit. So I, that's for the people. I for do the, for people. the people. You're a man of the people, I suppose. But Saul, going back to your point um, about Monty and just that nine minutes that he held DA out um, between the first and the second quarter, we've seen before this season, we've seen D.A. come out hot, go sit on the bench for that same mm-hmm. amount of time and then completely cool off and not be able to come back and find his rhythm until either way too late in the game or if at all. What? Thankfully, tonight he was able to do that because when he came in in the second quarter, he had those five minutes left in the second quarter. He only had two points. Mm-hmm. But then he came in in the third quarter and he had he had his rhythm already in the in the groove yeah which was great but we have seen moments where he isn't able to find that rhythm again and it makes you wonder like if he is playing so well from the jump why allow him to even cool down and also da plays the fewest minutes of all the starters out there why not just add a few extra minutes onto his plate and see if he can handle it i don't i don't even know if we've even tested it out yeah, no, I agree. Sorry. I'm sorry. I think you're done. And I'm like, I, no, you're good. You're um, good. Yeah. So, 
I don't know why he can't adjust. Um, again, he did tonight. Again, yeah, he had the most points. Uh, he had 26 and 12. But he played the least amount of minutes than the rest of the starting five. Um, and that's – I don't understand why. I don't understand why he, he can't adjust. Like when somebody's – Monty Williams is the equivalent of a point guard that sees that his shooting guard is on fire and continuously goes away from them. Like I don't understand that at all. Uh, I, I can't. I can't really put my my thumb on it. We've seen this before with other players, um, not not traditionally starters, because Mikhail gets minutes, Booker gets minutes. When Chris Paul's there, he gets minutes. So with those three, not so much. But with Da, for whatever reason, um, it, it's it's been it's been a task. Now he hasn't played at a phenomenally high level um, so far this season. Uh, but when you see glimpses, last game he had a double-double, but it was like 14-15, 14 points, 15 rebounds. That's a strong double-double. This game, 26-12, strong double-double. That's two in a row. Can you keep building on that? I'm, I'm sure that's what Monty would like to see, but again, like we've seen other things. We've seen – I've said for the longest time watching DA play this season, a lot of standing around, a lot of being out of position, a lot of effort plays that he could have – impacted tonight last game you haven't seen that you've seen him play with more energy you've seen him uh, play more assertively and nine minutes in game time is like a half hour in real time your body cools off that's why that when he comes back it takes a little bit to kind of get back into the flow of the game so uh, you know and, and that's why in the third quarter he warms up at halftime gets his body going a little bit gets some shots up okay feels better third quarter you're back at it I just don't like this. I, he needs to shorten down that time of, of nine minutes. It's like a, it's a, a, a repetitive thing that Monty just cannot adjust to. He needs to start to shorten that window. He, Monty, uh, uh, DA needs to play 34 minutes a game look, without a doubt. Look, Monty is a creature of habit. Mm-hmm. Monty does not like to stray away from what he, he builds in. And it's, it's bad. Like you've got to, as a coach, especially this time of year, you should be experimenting with everything. Mess with that stuff. When DA's going hot like this, play him 35, 38 in a game like this and see what you can get out of him. Stretch it. Force DA to try to go places he hasn't been. I think part of it is you got to expect more in games like this from DeAndre Ayton and let him reach that expectation by leaving him out there. I was disappointed in that as well. I also was disappointed. I feel like this team does not know how to find a big man and throw it down to him when he's open. Yeah. He flashes to the bucket. He's open. Nobody gets him the ball. Like, And I know it's tough, but there were a few times tonight where he had wide open buckets yeah. and guys were just slow to react or didn't notice him at all and that's tough in a game where he's got it going like this because you probably could have had 30 35 points tonight pretty easily if if teammates had just found him in in the rhythm of the game yeah he uh, sorry real quick um when we're talking about the rest of the team trying to find da um that is an adjustment because of the fact that da started the season so slow you saw at the beginning of the season they made a concerted effort to try and get him the ball okay and then it kind of fizzled off because DA's play and lack of energy was kind of impacting that. Also, the ankle injury, let's and be Chris honest. And, yeah. and Chris Paul not being in there. So there's a lot of adjusting going on. Um, but this is when when you start to feel in a groove, right? If he puts five, six, seven, eight games back to back to back that are consistent high-level games, 
at some point, DA will start to command the ball and say, listen, you guys are all off. Give me the rock. I got this. Like, and, and that might take some time. So hopefully that'll happen. Listen, at the end of the day, <clears throat> DA has had back-to-back games that are very, very good. Um, and he played at a very high level tonight. He dominated the Pistons. The Pistons didn't have an answer for him. Should have got the ball a lot more, yes. But they won the game, and he dominated. That's what we're all asking for, and I can live with that. I think the thing of the chat of, like, we need to see this more. We need to see this against a better team. Against the Pistons, it's like, yeah, cool, that's great, but show me you can do it against a top team in the league. Well, you're going to find out tomorrow. That's fair, but also, if DA hadn't played as well as DA played tonight, we would have lost this game against the Pistons. Yeah. Which also, we would be here... Super pissed that we lost to the Pistons. Yeah, on a night that Devin Booker misses five free throws just isn't quite himself. That's where we were pounding the table, that you need somebody to be able to step up. Mikhail Bridges, outside of those nine minutes, went MIA. So Mm -hmm. so you needed every second of DA tonight to come out and perform, and he does. Yeah, would I love to see a 28-12 and against the Jazz tomorrow night? Hell yeah, I would. But you can't write off a night like tonight just because it was, oh, the Detroit Pistons. Well, he did it still, and he carried the team to a victory, and you got to acknowledge that when it happens. There are also a couple people in the chat pointing out that it's a back-to-back and maybe wanting to save DA's legs for tomorrow, and um, it's probably a good thing that he played 30 while you are correct in the sense that, yes, it is a back-to-back and better to save all of your starters' legs as much as you can, this is a consistent thing for yeah. DA. It's it's not just on back-to-backs no. that Monty tries to limit his minutes or anything of that sort. This is just what DA averages on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's been like that for a couple seasons now. Oh, a million percent. That The consistency of Monty not playing DeAndre Aiden more minutes is consistent. Like, that's that's just what it is. Um, and Daniel Vandervoort, uh, he says, do we think it's funny how we're saying the Utah Jazz is a good test for D.A.? Uh, based on how D.A. played the last game against the Utah Jazz, yeah, I want to see how he adjusts uh, compared to, to that team, and especially in the first three quarters as opposed to just the fourth. So, um, But, again, with, with D.A. consistency and Monty's consistency, it's just this guy to be better overall. Listen, you paid this guy a max contract. So you can't be playing this guy rookie minutes like you were the first four years of his career. You got to give him some more time. You got to play him 33, 34 minutes. Otherwise, how do you know he's going to be in the best possible shape and give you more than even he thinks he can? That's the thing with coaches uh, is that your job is to maximize the talent and the potential of a said individual. Sometimes that means pushing them through limits that they didn't even think they could push through. But you're never going to challenge those limits if you're constantly limiting said individual. And that's the thing that Monty keeps missing the mark on. He lets Booker have free reign. He lets Chris Paul have free reign. He lets Mikhail have free reign. Play as many minutes as you want on the court. DA needs that same kind of action. He needs that same kind of love. So... Oh, Brian goes DA dominating plumbers and school teachers. I want to see him do it against the Jazz. <laughs> oh, that's a good callback. Well, we'll see it. There. We'll see it tomorrow. Um, and the good news too is that the Jazz are also on a back-to-back, but they're traveling. Yeah. So at least the Suns have that advantage as far as not having to the fly out. Yeah. Yeah, and the Warriors, which is not an easy thing to do. Well, and I don't, I, I really don't understand the oh, the Utah Jazz. The Utah Jazz have the, have the 
third best record in the Western everybody. Conference, and they're only a game back of the Sun, so they are a good test right now, even though everybody expected them not to be this year. Hey, you know what? We do still want to see consistency, and we want to see more from DeAndre in, but I will take what we can get. This is a good start. Hopefully he can build upon it tomorrow, but because it's tonight's game, we're going to go ahead and name DeAndre in our draft king, king of the game. He finished with 28 Ooh, points. He had 12 rebounds, and he was 11 of 13 from the field. And like Espo said, Tom said, that's basically perfect. perfect. That's per- almost <laughs> perfect from the floor. It looks like he's coming back to Westeros to rule. Um, and he's, his squad at uh, U of A got a win tonight, too. So I'm sure he's pretty happy you about that. You got damn right they did. You're welcome. Let's I go. For that one. and who else got a win tonight you got a win tonight didn't you of course you took the da over i did you did so you had you hit the nail on the head tonight on the DraftKings sportsbook app if you guys have not gotten in on the fun yet on the DraftKings sportsbook app we highly recommend you download it it is a heck of a lot of fun makes watching games way more enjoyable when you got a little bit of skin in the game if a game is a little bit boring or if it becomes a blowout one way or the other this keeps you invested in the game. So right now, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code PHNX. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with that code, again, PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. By the way, Emma. Perfect crown placement tonight. Myself and the chat recognize it. Just so you know. Solid work. Oh, you guys are too kind. Thank you. Thank you. So I do want to remind you guys that tomorrow, um, I believe, is our last watch party no. at Four Peaks. No. No, it's not. We're gonna have. We got a whole bunch more. Oh, Chad, we gotta teach Lindsay about the World Cup. I mean, I don't know how, but I don't know what we're doing at Four Peaks. Yeah, we do it every single game. (laughs) We've said that since the start, baby. Every single U.S. and Mexico (laughs) game in the early stages, and if they make it to the to the next round, we'll have all those games too. We had two hundred deep at Four Peaks today, cheering on the U.S. as they took on England. It was a tie, yeah, whatever. But the next game against <laughs> Iran, 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 however you want to say it, for all the marbles, because they can get to the next stage if they can beat Iran. Iran, God, I don't know how I'm going to say it. So, Iran, Iran. Yeah. So tomato, Iran, tomato, isn't it? It's however you want to pronounce yeah. it. But Mexico versus Argentina tomorrow is going to be hot. It's it's going to be freaking crazy out there. I just know it. It's going to be a uh, pretty damn crazy. Didn't Argentina Events. already get upset? They did. They did. That's why this game's even more important. So it's it's gonna the fun is gonna start around eleven ish tomorrow morning out at Four Peaks. There's gonna be giveaways, beer specials. We're talking three dollar kilt lifter and wow wheat pints. And uh, if you want to register for free, you can click the description, the link in the description of this show. Or Emma did put it in the chat as well. All right, Espo, let's talk about. Your number nine, the free throws. Too many missed buckets from the charity stripe tonight for Be- the Suns. Before I get to the free throw, shout out to Bubba in the chat. I met him today. <laughs> Big fan of the show. Glad you're watching uh, tonight as well. But yeah, free throw discrepancy. We've gotten on the Suns where, oh, they got to get to the line. We bitched about the refs not giving them uh, the calls. Tonight they got the calls. They had mm-hmm. a 10 free throw advantage and they wasted it away by missing nine of them. 
All right. It, it's pretty bad when you have that big of a, of a free throw advantage and you miss uh, that many, especially Devin Booker, uncharacteristically missing five of them tonight. That's why this game was as close as it was. You add nine or you know, those nine points in different ball games. You even you add got, those five points yeah. from Book, and that's much better. Yeah, you feel uh, you you don't feel like this was as tight as it was. They need to if if they're going to get this advantage at the free throw line, they have to take advantage of it by making those. If I'm if I'm Book, I'm out there practicing right now after the game, trying to make sure I don't have a repeat performance tomorrow night. I will say it was good, even though they weren't able to take advantage of it. It did make me feel good to be the the winner of the free <laughs> the throw winner. battle, if you will, because uh, it winner. doesn't happen very often. And maybe that's why, because maybe they're they're not used to taking so many free throws, so they're not they haven't practiced enough in uh, real game situations. I don't know. Hey, Are we going to go with that? Is that the tinfoil hot theory we're going to go with? <laughs> sure. I think it's good. I listen, I don't really care. Um, tonight, I don't really care that they missed all those free throws. I'm just happy that they they were aggressive enough to get to the free throw line again. Um, you know, t- over 20 free throws again tonight. Devin Booker is not missing five free throws in a game, probably for the rest of his career. No, I like agree. he just doesn't. That just doesn't happen to him. Uh, typically, he would at least hit four out of those five. Uh, so you know it, that was more of an outlier than anything else. The Suns are, are a pretty solid free throw shooting team. Again, I'm just happy that they got to the free throw line as many times as they did, especially against an inferior opponent. And that was an inferior opponent. And they should have they should have stomped him, but they didn't. Eh. Well, well, there's two reasons two two different lines. The free throw line where they only shot 65, percent and then from deep they shot 24, percent yeah, and they were four of of 23. If you don't count Mikael Bridges shooting three of six tonight, that's problematic. But again, you likely won't see that in another night this is this is an off night and that's why you only get a six point win against a depleted pistons team you probably should have won by double digits easily but you know even though you say without Mikel bridges Mikel bridges also had an off night like i think everybody on Mm -hmm. this team for the most part you could say had an off night outside of deandre and yeah like it just was one of those really weird games and a lot of people in the chat are saying like I blame it on all the the Thanksgiving food and the turkey and I mean, all the things. It, it, Hold on. It, it does it listen. It, it I know what you're about to say, Espo. It does throw your rhythm and your routine off a little bit when you have such a big organized event that focuses around food so much. Like it could throw off the algorithms within your body or your body rhythms or whatever they call them. You know what I mean? Like, I could see how it throws you off a little bit. A little bit, just enough to have Devin Booker miss five free throws. It, and easily. Mikhail would just have a goose shit. egg going into the third quarter. I'm sorry. Horseshit. Because Detroit did the same thing. They got together and as a team. Traveled. Mm, they traveled. They catered They did food. not. They did not do the same thing. It's different when you're at home, surrounded by your family, friends, true. tons of food. Just, like, food. it's not... I guarantee they catered a giant Thanksgiving. Yeah, and they probably just grabbed one plate and went back to their room. I'm sure they ate all together. No, it's different when Auntie is freaking coming into the kitchen saying, hey, eat this baby. You know how, okay, listen, you would have. I think that's a crap excuse. Okay, I do think it's a crap excuse, but I get it. I dragged my ass here to do work today. And you're telling me you're not tired? No. First of all, are we talking about high performance athletes and Espo in the same fucking sentence look my whole point is just it's crap 
<laughs> they both teams went there. And, oh, you know what? It's different. No, you know what also they got to do? They're going to sleep in their own bed. They didn't have to get on a plane and fly here. Any of that bullshit that Detroit had to do. Yeah, but they That's had to deal. That's a goddamn excuse. They had to deal with all the families. Whatever. All the extendeds coming in. Whatever. Everybody wanting your attention. Nobody all the mindless cares. conversations. Hey, Devil eggs hit different at home. I'm just going to oh say it like God. that. Everyone what a knows lame we love our families, but they can be exhausting during speaking, the holidays sometimes. Speaking as someone who had to play tournaments around Thanksgiving, I would know there's a little bit of a drop off when you eat at home. I'm sorry. This is true. <laughs> Whatever. What's that? <laughs> yeah. Oh I, I, I forgot how high school basketball is just like the uh, NBA college, too. buddy. College. Uh, you play like five minutes in college before you hurt your knee. Bro, check the record books, bro. <laughs> not even, I'm not even going to validate that with a response. What was it, half a season? Like, Juan in the chat said, or we could just give uh, the Pistons some credit. <laughs> nah. Nah. No. I mean, yes, they they did they did do a, a decent job tonight of hanging in there with the Suns and giving them a little bit of a run for their money, especially being as shorthanded as they were. So I will give them some credit, but we're not going to give them that much credit, okay? Sam says Espo likes to remind us he's the same age as Chris Paul, so I think he is an athlete. I'm only the, sa- <laughs> I'm only the same age as Chris Paul for another uh, five days, so, uh, so I can only do that for the next few games. Uh-oh, uh-oh. We got a birthday coming up, everybody. Stay tuned. See, everybody in the chat knows. Auntie's saying you need an extra helping of her potato scallops. It's true. It's true. Absolutely it true. It absolutely what is else? true. And then you wake up the next day and you always have leftovers. Always. You can't not have leftovers. <laughs> Eli wants to see us go one-on-one. I don't think that's good for anybody involved. In basketball? <laughs> uh, Juan, I know what you said, but I'm not going to read that. So <laughs> kudos to your your cleverness, though. Um, all right, so our third point, Mikel Bridges. Mikel Bridges must have had some of that, uh, what is it, Chris Paul's special special s- stuff in the locker room? Secret stuff. Is it secret yeah. stuff? Thank you. Um, at halftime, because he came out in the third quarter and it was like a, a, a switch had been flipped. Mikel was off all that first half. He had, like we said, he had zero points heading into that third quarter. But he went on to have 13 points in nine minutes. And then we finally got a little bit more of the Mikel that we're used to. He, We were seeing him show up a little bit better defensively as well. He was in positions where he needed to be, which in the first half kind of seemed a little bit slow on some of those things. So shout out to Mikel for sticking with it. I think that's the biggest thing here is that we know Mikel's probably going to have some ebbs and flows as he's trying to take that next step. But I am proud that he didn't get too down on himself to where the whole game was just an L for him. No. He turned it around, and that's a positive. I mean, DA on the on the post-game show with Bally's uh, literally said just that. He says one thing about Mikhail is he never, ever, ever dwells on the negative. He just keeps going. He doesn't care. He just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. Uh, and that's the, the great thing about Mikhail Bridges is, like, you can tell that, like, he's just an individual that tries to stay as positive as possible. Um, and tonight he just – he knew what when to take good shots. He didn't force up bad shots. Every shot that he took, for the most part, was was a good shot. He just was missing them. And so he just kept sticking with it, sticking with it, making small adjustments, trying to think about what you're doing wrong. Um, and then it started to fall, and, and that's obviously the best thing that could happen for the Suns. But really, that nine-minute stretch there, those 13 points, that's the difference. You know, that him coming alive there was just enough 
to help get this team over over the finish line uh, and give them that separation that they needed. Because up to that point, it was really DA and campaign that gave you anything. And in that nine-minute stretch, McHale gave him enough uh, that helped him out. It was good to see that. I, that's I like that about McHale. He doesn't give up mm-hmm. if he's having a bad shooting night. It's he he won't you know sulk. He, he'll just keep going and doing the things that he does well, cutting to the hoop, hitting, trying to hit those corner threes. And and they finally fell for him in that third. So, and you know what else we got from McHale tonight? The I most precious moment pregame where Mikel and D.A. and was it Dwayne Washington Jr.? I believe so, yeah. Dancing with a little kid courtside. You didn't yeah. see that? It was oh pretty my awesome. Gosh, it was the cutest moment. No, and then, I, I, apparently, I have bitter old man Twitter. So you must. I need <laughs> I to get you on any kids on a fun <laughs> sweet baby angel why Twitter. Didn't we, why didn't we show that? Because I, w- I don't know. I didn't think about that, to be you honest. Lindsay didn't one. send it to Emma. Mm. That's why. Yeah. I didn't really think about it. You didn't it. see that? Oh, we have a live stream. <laughs> well, I mean, I did. I wonder how many of these people I saw it. I pointed it out when we were sitting there <laughs> oh, pregame right before it started. I was like, look how cute this is. Lindsay, like, again, I told you a million times with my ADHD. I know. You tuned me out. If you I don't get say it, Saul. Saul and then say whatever it is that you say, I probably am not paying attention. You know, I, I also liked right after that. Da took a picture with the kid, yeah. tossed him the ball, and had the kid throw him the pass before he took his half court shot uh, there. So overall, I like that this team isn't too full of itself; that it still uh, is willing to interact with kids that way. Even book, you see him signing autographs and stuff before the game. That's what it's all about. So I just thought that was the cutest moment, and you can tell that all of them they've got they've got good hearts. Right. And they're they're good parents as well, or they're going to be good parents uh, just because they know how to have a little bit of fun. They don't take themselves too seriously. And I love that. I don't know that. It, it, I'm not going to guarantee it makes him a good. That's parent. kind of a stretch there. but okay. <laughs> I mean, oh, we, hey, we have, hey, I love kids too of a young, that aren't mine. And I can kid. just. Hey, all right. Go back know. to your mom or your grandparents. Or I whatever. mean, I suppose, but dad. maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> whatever. I'm I'm trying to be on the positive side here. So I'm going <laughs> to lean into it and say that they'll be if they're not already. Did you see what Code said in the chat? Apparently on Instagram, people are killing the sons, calling them corny because of it. Yeah, well, that's because people love to hate the sons because they're miserable. I mean, yeah. this is back-to-back years where Devin Booker has fist bumped or played with a kid or something like that, and he had a bad game. He, didn't, he wasn't one a of them. Book so. wasn't in the group. I thought you said, Booker, oh, I thought you said it was Booker and... D- no, Mikel, Oh, Mikel. My, my bad, my yeah. bad, my bad. Uh, I, yeah, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to say it. Fuck people. <laughs> If that's the way it's yeah, gonna be, sure. like just just a general right there. Like if you can't find joy in that, I don't care who it is. Uh, you know, a- any player, even if it was Pat Bev, I go, all right, at least he did one thing nice. Yeah. That's the that's the thing about this uh, about social media. Sometimes, like I I don't like the Lakers at all. Right, I do not like the Lakers whatsoever. However, I can still respect or admire the fact that LeBron might go to a school and hang out with kids who obviously think of him as an idol or a mentor or, you know, godlike, you know, when you're that small, like it means, it means something. It's a, it's a big fucking deal. Like Mm -hmm. it just is like, and so to just bag on athletes who have such an impact in their communities and with these kids and uh, even adults, like it's just such a low blow and people like that are just scum. Yeah. So I think there's only 
one thing we can give to those people. A good old 11. Hey, I was wondering <laughs> if we were going to bring that one back. <laughs> oh, it's here forever. Forever. It's going to be the calling card of this whole entire season. I don't know. I... I am one to more often than not, not engage with people like that on social yeah, media because yeah. they just want to be miserable. Mm -hmm. They don't want to enjoy things in life. And they're probably just jealous because they can't go out there and dance with their favorite basketball players. Or they didn't get the opportunity to go out there True. and joke around and have fun with their favorite basketball players when they were younger. So now they want to take that away from everyone else. What? And like, y'all can just go, it's, go in a corner. Yeah, for sure. It's... <laughs> It's, oh, I can't date Kendall Jenner, and I can't ride in that sweet-ass hoopty that I that Devin Booker gets to ride in, and I don't have all that money, and I don't look fucking amazing on the court, and I can't shoot for shit like this guy. Like, it's just hater energy. That's all it is. And yeah, we're not here for it. You know what they need? Go back to you your know basement and suck need? your thumb. OGs! Yes. They need some OGs. They need some joy in their life. And our friends at OGs can help them out. They need to turn those frowns upside down. And uh, if you guys need a little boost in your life, OGs is there for you. They got your back too. They've got amazing flavors and amazing products. Um, whether you're looking to just have a little bit more fun throughout your day or your evening, whether you're looking for some calm throughout your day or your evening, or a little help falling and staying asleep, OGs has a product and a flavor that you will love. We all love them here at PHNX. Um, they, without realizing it, sponsored our Friendsgiving. <laughs> OG's was, was the theme of our Friendsgiving this year, which was a lot of fun. This. Emma with the hookup. <laughs> at all. <laughs> and uh, as always, you can find them at your local dispensary. You do have to be 21 years or older to enjoy. You can also find them online at ogsbrands.com. You know what else you can find online? Really great tickets on the game time app for like, up to 60 percent off anything 60. your heart desires online i have no idea when you buy them last minute <laughs> of course that's the best part about game time is if you buy your tickets last minute whether you're a procrastinator or if you are very spontaneous game time can help you save up to 60 percent on tickets we're talking games we're talking concerts anywhere you want to go game time is there for you and the best way to support us is by buying our tickets through the link in the description of this show. So if you are looking for something fun to do, maybe Sunday, because we got a Suns game tomorrow, or maybe the Suns game tomorrow, you can get or a concert the, on Sunday. You can get into the Suns game as cheap as $36 for tomorrow. Nice. Yeah, you could get them for under 50 in the lower level tonight. Nice. Because the Pistons, nobody wants to watch the Pistons. See, so the Game Time app has your back on all of your concerts and all the games that you want to go to. So check them out. It's also, they could be make really good Christmas gifts too, like last mm -hmm. minute Christmas gifts. Or if you want to say, hey, we're gonna, I'm going to take you to a game, like I'm going to put a note in your stocking and then you pick the game, you can get your tickets no. on the Game Time app and save some money too. Nothing says I love you like I'm going to buy you tickets on Christmas Eve to give you Christmas Well, no, more. I mean like you, you <laughs> say you we're buy going right to now a game. And gift them in the future. <laughs> you could do that too. But well, when, she you, said to when you procrastinate, so, it's better. <laughs> But listen, if you want to give your friend tickets to a game, you got to figure out what game they want to go to. They're like, hey, this year for Christmas, I'm taking you to a game. What game works for you? And then you buy the tickets the day of the game. Damn, Let's see, I, I don't hey, know. when you off. Oh, Friday? Cool. Yeah, I bought you tickets to a game. That's that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I had an uncle that would not buy a gift until Christmas morning. 
like would go would wake up and realize he forgot to get my on a gift would go to uh walgreens oh, and no. cvs oh, no. and get the finest items available well if you happen to do that this christmas just wake up christmas morning go to the game time app and buy some tickets to something i mean that's way better than going to cvs <laughs> and walgreens <laughs> and i love those two convenience stores but that is rough that's rough nothing says i love you like here's some uh grape uh, sour patch kids <laughs> that i found and uh uh yeah and an enema here you go oh this is what, what i could find at cvs sheesh uh, okay let's get this show back on track I know at the top of the show, everyone in the chat was asking about Jock Landale. Obviously, this is getting a little bit more concerning because the original reason that we were given was physicality from Bismack because of the matchup. Well, I don't think that excuse holds up anymore. Mm -mm. I don't like what's going on. On a scale of one to ten, how concerned are you? I'm yeah. at a probably about an eight. You don't really? know that? Yeah. An eleven <laughs> for Jock. Yeah, I'm, I'm at about an eight because um, you're playing – inferior teams and the Lakers were an inferior team. The Pistons were an inferior team and Jock Lindell can't get any minutes. Like not even a, a not even two, like what, because of Bismack, you know what Bismack brings. He's not going to change. Right. He's going to give you energy. He's going to block some shots. Might give you a dunk or two. And that's about it. Like he just, but Jock has more potential. Jock is a better all around player. I don't understand it at all. It's concerning to me because I really, um, I think the fan base really started to fall in love with Jock. Um, but Monty again, just is uh, showing that he don't give up about what we think. And Jock has a lot more to learn too. Mm -hmm. If you plan on relying on Jock whatsoever in the postseason, he's got a lot more to learn than Busy does. Well, and what changed? Like all you did was praise him. Then you made him your backup center. He went out there. And he performed. I'm getting choked up here. <laughs> he went out there and he performed. And I don't know what all of a sudden changed so much that you pulled him. I mean, his teammates love him. He went out there and did what you asked. He even started some of these games or played significant minutes, not started when DA was out. Like, why all of a sudden? I did something happen? Is there something more, or is this Monty simply messing around with his rotations for the sake of messing around with the? Rotations? So I know when Gerald gets here, we'll get even more info information from him. But I do have a tweet from him regarding this situation. He said Monty Williams now says it has nothing to do with matchups in regard to playing Bismack Biombo over Jock Landale said it's just where the Suns are right now. It's tough to play three bigs, and Biz puts pressure on the rim. Do you think, because we also had um, Daniel in the chat say, do we not think Busy fits better defensively? Do you think Monty he's, wants, he's, he's wants Biz to be he, number two? He, he's a better defensive player, yes. He is a better defensive player, but he's definitely not a better offensive player. And I, and I know that's the problem. I said this before. If Jock didn't start hitting that outside three, it was going to be a problem. Uh, and right now, that's what it appears to be. Like, mm -hmm. I listen, he sets great screens. He's, he's a good, uh, you know, facilitator of the ball. Um, but Biz doesn't do anything outrageous to cost him on that side. So what separates them is the defensive end versus the offensive end. And if Jock isn't giving you, um, you know, the ability to be more flexible on the offensive side, then he's going to lose ground to Bismack. But shooters need to shoot to get out of slumps. 
So sitting him isn't going to change that if that's what the difference here is. And why why can't you find some minutes? If you're going to sit DA as much as you do, uh, you know, there's got to be a way to work him in the rotation if you want him in there. Uh, I also don't like that Monty Point Blank lied, obviously. Yeah. Originally that it was matchups, and now it's like, yeah, it's not matchups. Like, mm-hmm. why not just be upfront about it and be like, hey, he's fallen out of the rotation right now. Bismack's been doing X, Y, and Z better. He, like, what's the secrecy? Yeah, I don't, I don't, even as a coach, like, you could still be like, well, you know, I, I think Jock is working through some things, and, and you know, we're, we continue to work with him to try and get him back on the court because uh, we we love his game. But um, right now, Bismack is just a better fit, right? You know, at the moment, like, cool. And that's the end of the discussion, and we move forward. And that's the that's the talking point for. But because Monty set it up as oh well, matchups, matchups. Now we're asking about it every single game, right? When he could have just squashed it at the beginning, because Monty is just I don't know in his own freaking world. I just. Really irritating. Or even if you don't want to give like a legitimate answer, even just something as simple as what he said tonight, like, hey, we've got three bigs. We're trying to get some some play for each of them. Well, and just just chalk it up to that. We're just trying out something new. We're trying to give Biz a little bit of run over here. And if it's the three point shooting, just tell Jock not to take threes at, at the time. Like he plays offense just as well as Bismack. Yeah. I think. Uh, you know, or just admit, yeah, it's defensively. We we just want busy to play defense out there he's not you know that's what we're looking for i i just i don't know you you couldn't get much more than than you got from jock when you put him out there yes could the threes have fallen sure but i don't i don't get it monty is very weird with his rotations and this is just another one of those uh, idiosyncrasies that come up you know, it is interesting, though, when when we brought up this conversation, how split the chat kind of is around it. There's a lot of people who are like, Jock's not really that great. Why is this even an issue? And then there are a lot of people who are like, Jock is too good to be putting on the bench. Is this just because it's we haven't had enough of either one? Or is it just because both of them have really great personalities and are easy to like and cheer for and you just kind of end up falling into... This is my guy. Well, you saw the potential of Jock, and I think that's what everybody uh, was was hoping to see him more for. You know, we saw that at the beginning of the season. He had some 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 pretty good games, and you felt like, okay, well, this guy's just scratching the surface. I mean, hell, this is only his second year in the league, for crying mm-hmm. out loud. Like, there's some there's some growth and development, and I wonder if the Suns see that too, um, and won't just you know hang up the phone on him because. I don't think he deserves that. I think he still has a lot of room to grow, and I think if you just give him some more opportunities, he will grow into this role. But right now, they they very much are like, okay, well, things are a little unstable, which I do I do understand. With Chris Paul, Cam Johnson being out, things were a little bit kind of haywirey. Monty opted for more stability and more certainty than he did trying to let a guy kind of work through his game. And so I'm hoping that as the season goes on, we start to get some of these pieces back, you have some more stability around a guy like Jock, and you can put him back into the lineup to kind of facilitate that growth. But at the moment right now, uh, clearly Monty does not see that vision, and he feels more comfortable with Biz. Well, I mean, we even saw this with Frank Kaminsky at times uh, where he would play well, and then he'd just fall out of Monty's rotation. We Mm -hmm. saw it with Dario when he was healthy. He'd play well. He'd fall out of the rotation sometimes. I just Monty. I I don't know if it, he just gets kind of 
falls in love with the idea of certain guys at times and plays them until he's like, ah, I'm in the mood for something different out of my backups. But it feels like some of these, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth guys on the roster will go with these ebbs and flows that'll happen. Like Josh Okoge didn't play. Now he's getting burned lately. The last, you know, three, four games we've seen him get minutes. Like, I don't know if this is just that early season Got to try to feel things out that Monty's going through. Eli said two words, Aaron Holiday. But the thing is, and I, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that as well, but Aaron Holiday didn't even really get that much of no, a chance. Not early on. I Jock mean, got way more, I feel like, of a chance than Aaron Holiday did. Yeah, I agree. And I think he showed himself better than, mm-hmm. than Aaron Holiday did when Aaron did get mm. the chance at times. Maybe in practice, because they were talking about Jock in practice far sooner than they were talking about Aaron Holiday They were talking about Jock in training camp as being the surprise of training camp Mm -hmm. and how great he looked and that he won the backup center job. And then he came out and he played pretty good backup center. Like, I don't, that's what I don't understand. Aaron Holiday came in and they're like, oh, he doesn't know the playbook. And then that became the, the battle cry with him was, oh, he doesn't have the playbook mastered. So you'd see flashes of him late in games where it was garbage time minutes. That's the difference to me here is Jock came out the gates, did what you asked, and then fell out of the rotation. Mm-hmm. I do have a few additional flowers that I would like to give out today. Uh, campaign, shout out to Campaign for having another double-double tonight. He finished with 16 points and 10 assists. That one seemed a little bit – everybody kind of seemed a little bit quiet tonight mm-hmm. with their contributions. But that's still a huge positive from campaign. Josh Akogi played pretty well tonight, too. He had a few decent minutes there. Uh, so we're seeing some good stuff from quite a few guys on this team. So it was a solid group effort. Yeah, I uh, I will take all credit for Cam's uh, play today. Uh, you know, only Cam's inspired him to come out and have a have a big one. So. How long are you going to milk that? I am. Yeah. I said, how long are you going to milk yeah, that? Oh, as long as I want. I mean, that's. I mean, when listen. You have a good segment. You got to just milk it. Mm. I'll give you. I'll give you a flower for only cams. I enjoyed that one, <laughs> and I think both cams so far have gotten a kick out of the name. They yep. all. They all find it hilarious. So uh, I'll give you that one. But look, I. I think campaign has been a surprisingly calming force at times for a guy that's been known as chaotic. He's come out and held down that point guard position well enough where nobody's really sitting there anymore going, oh, my God, I can't believe Chris Paul's out. This is going to be so problematic. It hasn't been because campaign has come in and 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 filled in admirably uh, every chance he's gotten. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. I do want to remind you guys that it, it's Black Friday. And all weekend, we have sales all the way through Cyber Monday. We've got sales here at PHNX. So we're talking up to 90% off in our locker, phnxlocker.com. The link, again, is in the description. And right now, when you spend $75, you're also going to get a $15 gift card that you can use on yourself or for gifts down the road, whichever you prefer. But the really cool thing, right, our diehard members who already get 20% off merch year-round can add that 20% off of the discounts that are happening this weekend. So if you are a diehard and you have not taken advantage of that, you're missing out 
big time. If you're not a diehard, you're still missing out if you haven't taken advantage of the discounts that we are offering in our PHNX locker right now. Um, go PHNX. We'll take you right there as well. So if you haven't checked it out, make sure you guys go over there. Pick up some great gear for yourself. Treat yourself. Christmas gifts. Leah, Leah was in here when I got here today into the studio, and she was like, I got basically 90% of my Christmas shopping done today. Yeah. I, and there's also a shirt in Wake there. Wake up, Saul. I was I, I thought he had something to go with it. He was just like, yeah. <laughs> and, and there's actually a shirt in that locker right now. If you're diehard, you can get for 81 cents. I just did the math. Oh. You can get it for 81 cents right now. Go find out which one it is by going to the PHNX locker. Uh, also, Phoenix shirt yes. and, and hoodie. We've got hoodies. Go check it out. There was a lot of new stuff dropped today, too, that I had to load up on. So I have the full collection of PHNX merch. Now. And you're going to want to do it sooner than later because Connor in the chat already mentioned some sizes are already out. So yep. don't miss out on the shirts that you absolutely want. Absolutely. Uh, Saul, you have something to tell yeah, us about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, well, first, the, the merch is awesome. And it's all over our Twitter pages. So yeah. just go look. Check it out. It's phenomenal. You won't regret it. Also... Uh, speaking of merch, uh, Bad Birdie Golf, like phenomenal company that we work with. Phenomenal. They have a bunch of deals uh, for this Black Friday, including 15% off of, for all of you out there who want to go to their website at badbirdiegolf.com. Uh, use promo code PHNXGOLF, I believe. Yes. Bad no, I'm Birdie sorry, Bad Birdie PHNX. My bad. Yeah. For 15% off your order at badbirdiegolf.com. Uh, phenomenal stuff. Their designs, the colors are off the charts. You won't regret it. So if you're a big-time golfer, go check out their site. You'll love it. You won't regret it. I need to get one of those hats, the bad hats. Those mm -hmm. things are pretty sick. I want one of those uh, for sure. So We've got a whole bunch of stuff over there, so check it out. And just so you guys know, Gerald is calling in right now, so he'll be here in maybe 30 to 45 seconds. If we allow it. Pending uh, no technical difficulties. So. <laughs> Is this so, your way of stalling? Yeah. You guys got a story <laughs> to tell us for 45 what, seconds? What's the what's the worst thing you've ever bought on a Black Friday? The Shoot. worst thing I've bought. I mean, I just bought socks. <laughs> I, that's, that, that's a necessity. It was a necessity, okay, but like, it wasn't like fun. I, I bought I bought a 70-inch television at Walmart, right? Went 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 there, opened it up the next day, entire thing was shattered. <gasps> Went to bring mm. it back in. They're like, well, we don't have any of those left. Oh, I was like, no. Are you serious? Yeah, that sucked. That was, that was the worst I've had. At, oh, my gosh. Emma, are we ready? Are we ready? I Two seconds. Two seconds. Okay. All right. I got two another seconds. black. Oh, well, mine was a poster. a poster. Wait, what poster of what? It didn't matter because I thought the size was like a big poster and it basically was an eight by ten <laughs> okay so, so it was like a little i needed out. it to cover a wall and it, it was just not good did, did i ever tell you my black friday story i don't think i did uh a person i used to work for at the suns and if you know me well enough you'll know this gentleman we uh it was my first year there we were asking we were gonna have a black friday sale he acted offended and and then we're like what the heck so we go ask him he didn't know the term black friday and he thought we were being racist Oh, that's awkward. Yeah, it was very <laughs> awkward. He, I'm like, how do you not know the term? He, he, he just uh, didn't know, and it was a real weird uh, meeting well, for sure. Good thing that didn't happen today. <laughs> uh, guess what, everybody? In the darkness.
Beyond the light, there shall only be one. Welcome to I will never get over this intro video. I love it so much. <laughs> this might be the most creative thing I've either. ever con conjured up in my mind. Hi, Gerald. Fantastic. Hi, guys. How are you? We're doing pretty well. We're doing pretty well. So a couple things that we talked about tonight, obviously, first and foremost, D.A., he came out, he was super aggressive. He put up a double-double. Uh, what did you hear from Monty about DA's performance tonight? Yeah, so Monty, his big thing was he he didn't want to say that DA was like more aggressive tonight, which is coach speak for saying I don't want to call a guy out after he has a great night. But he, they got him going early, and he was able to maintain that throughout the game. They found him in really good spots, and when he caught the ball, he was very aggressive with it. He said they were able to set him up in the mid-range to kind of get him going a little bit early on. And um, from then on, campaign getting in the lane obviously helped open things up for DA. You know, they always talk about paint to grade as far as getting into the paint and kicking out to shooters. But tonight they were doing a really good job of putting pressure on the rim and finding DA in some of those tight spots. So I think part of that is, you know, campaign's evolution as more of a playmaker. He was really good, had a couple of those uh, bounce passes to him in the pick and roll that set him up for easy looks. But um, I think part of it too is getting to the free throw line seven times. That was that was an encouraging thing, especially I think two games ago he got to the line five times. So hopefully that's uh, more of a trend moving forward. You know, Girth, I uh, we we harp a lot on the players because they're the most obvious thing that you can see in terms of how they're playing and their effort and all this other stuff, right? And I've been a staunch critic of Da um, for the last month or so. Uh, as has been well-documented um, in-house. Uh, my thing is, is DA started off strong. He looked like he had a lot of energy. He looked like he was playing with a lot of, um, you know, effort. And then he comes out with about two minutes, two and a half minutes left to go in the first quarter. And then doesn't come back for until the five-minute mark of the second quarter, which is basically nine minutes of game time, roughly about 30 minutes of actual real time. Um, my problem with that is, is that DA is constantly having to start cold before he can get into a rhythm and really be effective. And so the numbers sometimes play out that way and he can't get the motor running like Devin Booker can or like Mikhail can because they get more minutes consistently. Um, is this something to where we should be we should be talking more about Monty and his his lack of flexibility and really as a player's coach, quote unquote, understanding when a player is feeling pretty good in, on a specific night and maybe shifting the rules a little bit or shifting your rotations a little bit to accommodate better performance from a player. Maybe, but I do think like they've been doing it this way forever. Like, and I don't know if that's a Monty being rigid with his rotations thing, or if it's more like DA's conditioning for how hard that he plays on both ends he's not designed to play those heavy minutes that book and, and Mikhail Bridges do. And not a lot of guys in the league, to be fair, are designed to be playing, you know, 37 to 40 minutes every night. Like these guys sometimes do. I also do think for DA, it's easier to maintain the rhythm a little bit, just because a lot of the shots that he's getting are, you know, around the rim or in the mid range. They're often a byproduct of someone else setting him up like with book and DA, Sometimes they're having to attack the basket on their own. They're having to create some of their own offense. Not that DA doesn't, but I think it is a little bit different in that regard. I do think there is something to it when on a night like tonight, you know, if DA has a really strong first quarter and the offense is kind of sputtering, 
you know, I, I think there are pros and cons to playing that long game that we see Monty play a lot of the time. Um, you know, he, he wants to empower some of the second unit guys that you're going to need come playoffs for shorter stints. You want them to feel comfortable in longer minutes during the regular season, especially a night like tonight. Like it's the Pistons. Like you should beat this team pretty, pretty handily, especially with all the guys out. This would be a time to experiment a little bit, but yeah, I think in the future, if you see this again in a playoff situation, you would hope that he veers more towards heavier minutes, not potentially taking a guy out of his rhythm. But what I'm saying is the consistency part. We've harped on DA's consistency um, basically all season long. And now I'm starting to think, well, maybe if Monty was a little bit, you know, he, he threw a little bit more consistent minutes at him instead of pausing him for essentially a quarter, a full quarter before he sees the court again. That's just that can't help. Like, I, don't, I just can't really think of any other superstar in the league. And I'm not saying that DA is a superstar. He's a good player. But uh, you want superstar production from him. Tonight, you were getting superstar level production from him. And you still kind of froze them out. And that That's kind of where I was going with that in terms of the consistency. And really, in my mind, as uh, you know, and again, I, I did not play in the NBA. But even in college and in high school, you get rewarded with your uh, with minutes because of your effort, right? You, the more effort, the more energy you play with, the more you're contributing to your team in a variety of different ways, the more minutes you're going to see on the court. And it seems to happen all the time for Booker and Mikhail Bridges and other guys, but not so much for DA. And I just can't get past that. Well, I think I don't. I don't know that. Like he still had twenty eight. Like he was still. It didn't. It wasn't. Imagine if he would have played off. four more minutes, he might have had thirty six. I mean, he might have, but he also might have gotten tired in the fourth and not been able to make some of the plays he didn't down look the tired. stretch. Like, like these are all these are all hypothetical. Like, I don't, I don't think we should be criticizing the way that the game unfolded for Da after he scored a season high twenty eight points. Like, I, I oh, just I'm, don't. To be clear, I'm yeah. not criticizing Da whatsoever. I think Da played a phenomenal game. I'm just criticizing Monty and his lack of really adjusting to his team based on what he's seeing instead of just sticking to a script. It's the same thing I torched Cliff Kingsbury about and his stupid-ass 15 script plays that he runs at, at the beginning of every game that are shit. Like, for, for Monty, he has a championship contender team in front of him. There's some adjustment that you have to make game to game. You can't just stick to the script 20, you know, all, all, 100% of the time and not adjust. And I feel like with DA, more than any other player, he needs to show that adjustment a little bit more than he is. That's all I'm saying. Maybe I just, I, I don't know. Like he, his rotations are what they are. And like, it's not like he, like, okay, if he's out from the 10 minute mark of the first to the six minute, that's an eight minute rest. He's saving him for the second half. Like, I, I just, I, I don't really see what the commotion is about that, but that's just me. Like we, we've, we've talked about DA so much this season and his consistency. Like that's not a money thing. That's not a, his rotation minutes thing. Like we saw tonight, he's able to be effective after starting hot and then staying hot. I, I think part of it is campaign getting in the lane. DA was talking about his aggression and, you know, that dunk that he had, he's trying to tear the rim off. And it's a lot of things that we hear from DA, but we need to see it more consistently. Um, that That's just kind of where I, how I see it. A lot of people were unnerved to the fact that I was bagging on DA and you were defending DA. I just wanted to set yeah. the record straight and go back <laughs> to what it used to be, folks. You're welcome. All is right with you. Everything is good. Uh, Gerald, what, uh, what, if anything, was said about the lackluster per performance from the free throw line tonight? Um, 
Not a lot, really. I mean, Monty was saying, like, you know, players aren't trying to miss free throws. <laughs> I would, um, I sure as hell know. would hope not. <laughs> like, Booker like, had money on said, the game. <laughs> right. He said, it, he said, you know, it's not often that you're going to see Devin Booker miss four free throws in a game. And I think this was the first time in his entire career he's missed more than three in a single game. So kind of just an outlier in that respect. Um, but it is good to see D.A. getting to the line like that. It's good to see the team getting to the line as a whole because we know that that's been an area of weakness. D.A. was saying, you know, he's just trying to be aggressive, trying to create some contact. We saw that one pump fake, and he went up into Marvin Bagley and got the and one, and that's exactly what we've been asking for for a while. So that was really encouraging to see as well. So we talked about, obviously, Bismack coming off the bench over Jock. Did Monty talk about that at all tonight? I know that you had sent out a tweet, but this like, bullshit, what, what more did he say? <laughs> because obviously yeah. you initially reported that Monty had said it was all matchup based and the physicality that Bismack brings, but you can't hide behind that anymore. So no, because he said the exact opposite tonight. You know, the first night that we asked him about it, he said it was a matchup thing. It's not a foundational change. And then tonight he said it wasn't a matchup thing. Um, and that that's just kind of where they're at. He said they like the pressure that Bismack Biombo is putting on the rim, um, just as kind of that rim rolling big, the screen setter. So it, it does kind of appear like for the time being, Jock Landale has been Aaron Holiday and Biz is going to be the backup oh. center for a while. Okay. Oh, did I, you stand up in the middle of that and be like, there have been a lot of lies told here today? <laughs> but for real, though, because I have questions. Like, it is uh, completely Monty's prerogative to change his mind. I get that. But to go as far as to say not like a foundational change three, four days ago to this is where we are, like, it's such a drastic difference like, mm -hmm. sometimes I'm like, are you just lying to us straight to our faces <laughs> as if we won't remember what you said? Or did right. it really change in that handful of days? I think it could have. I think it could have been one of those things where they were toying with the idea. They wanted to put Biz in there and see if he could perform. And so they only had one game to go off of. And they were basically in the back of their minds like, OK, let's see if he can keep this up over a handful. And if that's the case, we're going to start going with him now. And then that's what happened, I guess. I don't like Biz wasn't great tonight. He did have that one monster left hand dunk, but Jock wasn't playing poorly. He was shooting poorly from three. So maybe they were just counting on more three point production from him. But aside from that, like he's been very good about creating contact, contact down low, setting good screens, uh, making hustle plays, a lot of offensive putbacks. Uh, so it's kind of mind blowing to see a 180 that quickly because I was literally telling everybody like, oh, he said it's not a matchup based thing. And then tonight the words out of his mouth were like, yeah, it's not a matchup thing. <laughs> He's like, what kind <laughs> of person would I be to put my feet on somebody's couch? <laughs> so, yeah, I put my yeah. feet on somebody's couch. <laughs> it's so frustrating. It's exactly, so frustrating. He just absolutely did that. Like, what? Does he not know I put my entire daughter's college fund into Landale Landing? Like, no, I need no. return on that investment. <laughs> just uh just so we're clear, uh, Espo, as a real estate executive, don't take any of it, any advice whatsoever. Yeah, but I yeah, produce a mean real estate no. commercial. Yeah, you, did, you, did, you did. Um, Emma, can you scroll up to Jose's comment and Espo, if you or no, Joel's comment. And if you don't sing that right now, Espo, I'm going to be so disappointed in you. 
I don't even know what the fuck. I that don't is. know the song. It's a Katy Perry song. Monty is hot, then he's <laughs> cold. He's yes, and he's oh, no. God. He's in, and he's out. Oh, he's up, no. and he's dead. No. I'm so disappointed. In he's you. wrong, no. and he's right. Just, he's no, no. I mean, you, I you got closer. You got closer at the end. No. Oh, Espo. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to have my. I back don't even on know what the song one. is, and I knew that was wrong. That's just no way. <laughs> Oh, God. That hurt my ears. All right, Gerald. Sorry. I didn't mean to take us completely there. I thought Espo would have my back on that one. It would be like a beautiful lob pass, but. No, but you shanked it. You threw it over his head by eight Uh, feet. Mikkel Bridges. Obviously, it was Uh great to see tonight that there was no quit in Mikkel because he very well could have given up on himself or gotten down on himself, um, not having the best start. Uh, to this game, but what did you see from Mikel that you really enjoyed, and what did Monty or any of the guys say about his performance? Yeah, so actually, I mean, he started 0 for 9, and then I think to start the third quarter, he went 5 for 5, so not a great shooting night for him, but they talked about what they always say in terms of reps removed out, these guys put in the work, so even when you are shooting bad like that, like we asked Mikhail about it, he's like, damn, I missed my first nine shots, are you serious? Like, <laughs> these guys, it doesn't stick with them, even when they're having a rough night. So that was encouraging. And he also has just been doing a good job this season of kind of realizing he has that high release point on his shot. He has all that length, like that mid range pull up or that turnaround jumper is pretty tough to guard. And it's a go-to weapon of his. Uh, Monty was kind of comparing his ability to drive and, and shoot those mid range jumpers kind of flying across the other side of the court to uh, Glenn Robinson Jr. Who's another guy that had a high release point like that. He also kind of joked that uh, Mikhail is shooting the ball these days as much as Glenn Robinson the third. So, um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting comparison, the big dog for sure. Um, and Monty, Mikhail was joking that he was like, that's such a Monty joke to compare me to that guy and then say <laughs> I take as many shots as him. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was a rough shooting night for him for sure. But he kind of toughed it out and was able to make a difference and stop missing layups, which is are, a good thing. Are Monty jokes better or worse than dad jokes? Uh, I'm not, I mean, it, it kind of depends. They can They're be, worse. they can They're be kind of funny. Worse. <laughs> I think Monty you had jokes, to hesitate, which means they're definitely it, worse. Monty jokes are yeah. like the top of dad jokes. Gerald or is the a kind of, or the bottom jokes. of dad jokes. I've met top being like the, the worst of the worst of dad jokes. Oh, where yeah, you're just yeah, like, yeah. Oh sure. my God. For sure. For sure. That's right. Well, in Gerald's always, wheelhouse. <laughs> I do remember. It ruins it. I, I do remember because he always says like, oh, go ahead and tweet that. He's like, tweet that and make sure you tag Mikhail. It's like, damn it, Monty, you ruined your own joke. By tweet that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take that out. Is, Gerald, you're, what you're not getting, though, is that is the joke. Yeah, that is the, the joke. The thing that came before it isn't the joke. Yeah. The joke is that you got to tweet that and tag Mikhail. Yeah, absolutely. I remember last year during media day, Monty said something to D.A., and he laughed. Monty laughed. And D.A. was like, basically, like, I don't I don't get it. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's too bad. And that was the start of the drama, folks. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Not I'm kidding. Don't you do that. <laughs> uh, Daniel wants to know what's worse, money jokes or Espo jokes? I am going to decline for multiple reasons on oh, that one. <laughs> You're dead to me, Gerald. That was, an, that was an easy answer there. You're staring at me. Monty's not near you right now. So. That we're aware of anyway. Uh, Who knows? Monty could be standing right in front of him. Like He's, off screen, he's off screen giving you 11s right now. You better not say anything <laughs> bad be. about me. Uh, Gerald, how much green chili was involved in your Thanksgiving? 
all of the green chili. It was fantastic. Red chili, green chili. And that's why when people say turkey is mid, I always say, okay, but have you had it with red and green chili? Because that makes it, it makes it so much better, folks. Yes. I just got to say that. Uh, we're still waiting for you to bring some in for us to try. Just throwing that out there. Just saying. Just, just saying. I, so I've run out at this current batch, but I'm going home for Christmas. So I will come back with a fresh batch. And that's what. Like, like, that. like seriously, <laughs> Gerald, like if you don't come back with red and green chili for each of uh, us. Okay. Like, I mean, I'll just take green at this point because green is what I hear is the best. You got, you got to try them all. You got to try them all. You can't, you can't yeah. take other people's word on food, Lindsay. You, it, you have a different palate <laughs> than everybody else too. Fair. Okay. We all have to. I was have just some. trying to be a little like. No, I'm not lightening the load on him. He gets to work <laughs> on the road. No, I want some goddamn green chili. I can fix that. I'll make I'll make my famous green chili bacon cheeseburgers and we'll be in business. Oh, oh there we go. I'm so excited. <laughs> Yay! This is the best way to end today's show. <laughs> Gerald, was there anything else that stood out to you um, that was shared after the game that you feel like we need to know about? Not really. It was Suns Pistons on a Friday night with the yep. Pistons half, <laughs> missing half their guys. So, you know, they got through it. They got the win. Now they look forward to a uh, revenge game against the Jazz on the second night of back-to-back. Anything else from you guys? Uh, no. <laughs> I assume no word on uh, on Bojan uh, Bodanovich or however you want to say it. <laughs> no, I did see him walking in the tunnel out of uh, one of the kind of medical staff's offices. He seemed to be walking okay and under his own power, so that's encouraging it looked like tory craig kind of stepped on his ankle when it was like bent a weird way um but the fact that he was able to kind of walk under his own power was a good sign i think good uh are you going to be joining us at four peaks tomorrow uh oh, probably sure. not because you have shoot around maybe uh not on the second day of a back-to-back -back, oh so. yeah well mexico versus argentina four peaks let's go there we go get some four peaks fries yeah. Yes, yeah. and some chicken tendies, the best. All right. Well, chicken thank you guys all. Sorry, I'm tired. Whatever. And chicken tendies. Because I couldn't decide if I wanted yes. to say tendies or tenders, so that's chicken how it came. Chicken tendies. That's what it is. Thank you all for joining us tonight. We appreciate you. Don't forget tomorrow we will be back with some pregame action, 30 minutes before the game, and then of course to go over the whole thing once it all wraps up. Until we see you tomorrow, you can follow Gerald at Gerald Borgay on Twitter. You can follow me at Lindsay Smith AZ. You can follow Saul at Saul underscore Bookman. And of course, you can follow Espo at Espo. Espo, take us home. You heard it here first. Gerald's bringing green chili for everybody when he comes back in December. Ahoy, hoy. Metro, Megas in control, and he ain't never gonna let go. PHNX, though, Lindsey Gerald Espo. Saw past the ball, we here to turn up the tempo. Got to understand me, I'll always wreck the family. Rally in the valley like Dan G, no plan B. All